welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. Themes for today's episode and some quotes I'd like to share with you all. Love when you're ready and not when you're alone. The wrong relationships teach you how to recognize the right one when it arrives. And finally, you can't make someone be ready for what you're ready for and you're not obligated to wait around for them to make up their minds. Today, we are going to talk about are you or your love interest emotionally ready for each other? I've invited to the show Antia and Brody Boyd. Antia and Brody are dating coaches and have been helping thousands of successful single men and women all over the world over two decades combined. They help people to attract the ideal partner of their dreams quickly without the feelings of loneliness, frustrations, or like you're wasting any more precious time. They help singles who want to have a long-term, loving and supportive relationship with the right partner working with you. They achieve this quickly without trust issues, sadness, or attracting emotionally unavailable partners. They are happily married and live in the beautiful San Diego area of sunny California and look forward to helping you to attract your ideal romantic life very soon. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Glad to be here. It's great to have you both here. So you were both dating coaches and I've got a life and a business coach and I've had a surf coach even, but I've never had a dating coach or even thought of a dating coach. So what does a dating coach do? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really about um, navigating um, all the challenges that come in the way for singles to attract the right man for them or for Brody to attract the right women for them, <laughs> right? Because um, a lot of people that they take a lot of action and they go to all these different events and things like that. But there seem to be those like, you know, invisible blind spots that they just can't grasp. Why is it? Why is my date not leading to a second date? Right. Or, you know, why don't I have chemistry on my dates? Right. Um, I'm doing everything right. And that's where we come in. Oh, brilliant. That's great. So you're able to help people see things that they just generally sometimes cannot see at all. And they're just repeating this cycle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about people being emotionally ready for a relationship? Do they need to do some healing before they're ready for a renewed relationship or not really? Yeah, definitely. So we actually have a, a three-step method that we teach called map, magnify, and manifest. It's in our um, find the right partner method. And so the first step in mapping is where you're what you're talking about, emotionally mapping. So getting yourself emotionally prepared be able to have a long-term partner that it will last and it'll be a happy relationship because you're, you're exactly right. A lot of us, a lot of singles out there are running old patterns all the way back from childhood where they're attracting partners that in some way may be related to their father or their mother growing up. 
and they're trying to heal old wounds. And so we help them to become aware of the old patterns that they're running, why they keep having relationships that fail, why the, the people that they're interested in are never interested in them, and the people they're not interested in are interested in them. And so we help them see those patterns so then we can start to rewire them. We can start to get them set so they can be set for success to attract a partner that's actually going to have a great relationship with them. That sounds fantastic. Why do, Why does that happen in your opinion with all the people that you've coached over the years that, you know, you like someone that doesn't like you and then someone that you don't like likes you? Like, how has that happen? So I'm sure there's a few that can relate. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That was really my case. You know, I grew up in an emotionally absent household. And because of consequence of that was that I grew up very emotionally conflicted inside of myself. So a lot of women that you just talked about, internally emotionally conflicted, because on the one hand, when they were little, they wanted to, of course, get the love from the mom, like I wanted to too. But on the other hand, they were really creating what we call coping mechanisms, how to deal with that because they can't be so vulnerable when they're so little all the time. So at some point they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to be Miss Independent, you know, I'm going to be the performer, right? And that way I'm going to get the love, right? And however, because that other part, um, and then by the way, they're also closed down because of course, Miss Independent is closed up, right? She's perfect and she's untouchable. Mm. And of course, that completely conflicts with that other part inside of her, that wants to be open and that wants the love, right? So, and that's what we, when we then see, you know, they're usually interested in men that who are not interested in them and vice versa, because there's this conflict there, right? So they also attract men who are also conflicted inside of themselves. Okay. It's a great thing to heal so we can stop doing that on the merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. You've, di- you've mentioned that people before when we've had chats that don't need to be ready necessarily like why do you believe that you you say that there's a certain point and then you just basically need to go for it you want to take that George? Uh, so that, okay perfect <laughs> yeah so you know because the idea is like when somebody comes to us and says oh you know i i need to be ready and you know they they think automatically that ready means being perfect And believe me, when I met my husband Brody, I was not perfect. (laughs) Neither am I today, okay? So, but it is about like working yourself up to a point where you can communicate your insecurities, where you can own the emotions that you have inside of yourself and communicate that effectively and powerfully and really say, you know what, that's me. You know, I remember eight years ago, a guy told me, you know, you kiss too much, right? And, you know, I have worked my way up to the point that I said, okay, I I don't know what to do with this comment. You know what I mean? That's me. So kind of take it or leave it. And uh, needless to say, it it changed him around. But um, the point I'm driving home here is really that I wasn't perfect. You know, I still attracted men who were, you know, kind of saying you're too much, which was one of my patterns. However, Mm -hmm. I was then able to say, that's me, right? So I could relate to it more confidently. That's great. So it sounds like you healed and got some self-love. So there's healing where you go, that's myself and you own it and you're proud of it. And there's other things Mm -hmm. that maybe need to be healed and reframed and whatnot. So it's balancing the two by the sounds of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because other people who hadn't healed, they would probably do something like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. Oh, no, I don't usually want that or kiss that much or they repress it. So they pr- yeah. try to pretend that they don't want what they want, or they try to pretend that they mm-hmm. don't have the insecurity that they have. Mm-hmm. And the per- the person can sense that and it makes them actually lose respect for them. And respect is huge in dating too. If you don't, if they don't respect you, it's going to be really hard for them to be attracted to you long term. 
Yeah, very true. Does the feeling of readiness possibly feel different for males versus females? We can get both of your perspectives on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell I me feel about that. I'm curious to hear. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the men, the men I work with, with are having lots of different thoughts around their own readiness levels. Um, um, to me, they are usually very clear and they're saying, yes, I'm ready. I want a long-term relationship. Um, I'm, I'm totally committed to that. Other men, I'll say maybe a third of the men who come to me, they're not so sure. They're like, you know, right now I just want to get more experience. I want to meet more women. I want to learn more about what I want. And then depending on how that goes, then I'll probably be ready, more ready for a long-term relationship. Or they're also in the camp, usually men who have just gotten out of relationships or they've been divorced or they are had some painful experiences or they've never had any experience. So they're kind of dipping their toes in the water. And usually when I help them get clear on what they actually want, that actually really helps them to then say, okay, yes, I'm ready for that. Because although I find a reason why a lot of men are out of, they're not quite ready yet, or they think they're not ready is because they're not actually clear on what they want, or they think that, oh, I can't want that because that's not possible. You know, I can never find a woman like that, or I can never have a relationship like that. So they don't even let themselves think it's possible. So that's what's causing them to hesitate. And they have this mixed energy, which is also why their dating isn't working, as with women. So that's that's my experience with men. That's very, very interesting. And I feel like over the years I've heard, and you can tell me what you think about this from the male's perspective. I'm sure there's a lot of females would be interested in this. We sort of feel like sometimes a guy could get to a certain age and he's like, oh, it's that time. I'm that age. It might be time like next woman he meets marries. Like there's, well, in Australia, definitely that was a little bit of a saying that a guy might get to a certain age and then like next woman he meets and dates generally ends up married. What do you think about that? Or is that just a myth? Uh, yeah. So I definitely feel it de- It depends. I say in general, as men get older, I think they're more receptive and more wanting a long-term relationship and wanting to get married. I think younger men tend to want to play around more. They maybe want to be more free. I know I was like that when I was younger, but it also depends. I, I'd say one thing we all often say is it's not about the age. It's about the stage. So less so than what the age is, because there's also a lot of men who are older who are still wanting to play around and they haven't settled that. So because they're at a different stage. So I'd say look for the men that you're meeting. And this is with men that I, I, I coach. What stage are they in? Are they in a stage where maybe they, they worked most of their life? They didn't have a time where they were just dating and having fun. So now, even though they're older, they're, they're now in that stage. Maybe they had a long term relationship, a marriage that went south, and now they just want to have fun. So they might be in a totally different stage, even though they're older, they might be in a similar stage as a 20 year old or a 30 year old man, even if they're in their 40s or 50s or 60s. So and then again, even younger men may say, say even younger men who maybe they already had that experience when they're very young, you know, in their teenagerhood, they partied a lot, or they were had a lot of experiences with women, or they had a bad relationship, or they had um, stuff happen, even younger men can be ready to, to settle down very quickly. I mean, I got married at 25. Mm-hmm. So or met her at 25. 20. I, but that's because I had got a lot of that out of my system. I had fun. Mm-hmm. I had really had those experiences and I realized, okay, now I'm ready for a long-term partner. So it really depends on what stage they are, which is why it's good to learn the tools to look out for when you meet a man, whether they're ready or not and what stage of life they might be in. So on a date, how can you subtly work out what stage they're at? Like, have you got some key little subtle questions mm-hmm. that aren't just so like bullseye to their head but you can be like oh yeah he's at that stage we'll just let that one slip or she's at that stage or 
Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's, it's, there's a powerful question you could ask, and this is fine to ask even right away on the first date, ask them, you could actually ask the guy. So when it comes to dating, when it comes to your dating life, what are your goals right now? Mm. You know, when it comes to your, when it comes to your dating, what are your goals right now? What are you looking for? What do you want? And oftentimes they'll tell you guys will just tell you straight out like, Oh, you know, I'm just looking to have fun right now. Or I'm looking to get married. You know, they'll actually tell you that guys, I think are pretty honest when it comes to like, if you ask them that question, they'll appreciate it and they'll tell you and they'll probably ask you the same thing as well afterwards. So you can ask them. The other thing is, is start to learn about their dating history and, you know, what have they been doing the last Mm -hmm. couple of years? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just their lifestyle, what they do on the weekends, what they like to do for fun. You know, Mm -hmm. if they tell you they go out a lot, they're drinking a lot, they're partying a lot, they're probably not looking for something serious right now. So you can start to pick up those signals just by asking great questions and just listening, you know, let him talk. He'll tell you a lot. If you just ask the right questions, a lot that you can you can need to know, you need to know. And let's flip this for the men out there and the women, the filters, some subtle questions that they can be asking on these dates to work out what stage she's in. Oh, what stage she is. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, the women that I work with, <laughs> they are all similar in similar stages, right? They're all ready to have a relationship. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely say uh, we always talk about the six feminine archetypes, right? So we always love to like playfully say, hey, why don't you introduce that to your partner and just be like, how, where's your inner boy or where's your inner girl? Or, and you can generally tell, you know, if, yeah, you could definitely say like, how are you spending your time right now? And if she says, you know, I'm, I'm partying and things like that, you know, and uh, versus like, I don't know, you know, I go to personal growth development workshops or, right? Like something, you know, where of course, obviously she goes to work and nine to five or, you know, unless she's an entrepreneur, right? But in addition to that, you know, it's a funny question because I've never had a client who was like in a different stage, like they're all ready. So it's much more so that the men are more, you know, texting the whole time. And, you know, because I, one thing I say, well, how you can tell is like, if the guy texts or calls, that's a pretty good indication. <laughs> of how far you, We always say voice, text, and men call. Yes. I agree yeah, with that. Yes question uh women can uh, men can ask the same question of women what are your goals you know what are your dating goals you know what are you looking for as well to get that idea of where she's at yeah and probably also ask about the dating history that's probably good but not always you know because i never had a long-term relationship right so if, if Brody would have like measured me based on that that would have been like she's not ready she's not serious you know she's never even had a relationship so never mind thinking about a proposal right So we're talking about it being emotionally ready for relationships or your love interest. When does it become procrastination or fear instead of taking a leap of faith into a new relationship? So, so I feel like maybe sometimes we can be like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And it's not that you're not ready. It's I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's it's about really, we always say, is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear? Right. mm. Or, or resistance. Right. But you know, if you're like, you don't go out because you're afraid to, lose out or something like that. So it comes from a place of fear, even the fear of losing out. It's, it's fear. It's not love, right? It's not like I desire to be in a long-term relationship. You know, I desire to meet a long-term partner versus, you know, I need to meet them tomorrow or, or my biological clock will run out or, you know, I, I yeah. need to have kids like yesterday. So I got to go out and meet them now. Well, all the other way around, like where I have like a lot of workaholic um, clients, right. Who like work so much where I'm like, well, when do you even have time to meet men, right? So, of course, I looked then also, well, you tell me your priorities, love, but 
when I look at your calendar, that tells me what your priority is, right? So it's also about like, just take a look at your calendar. And I always talk about alignment. And is it really aligned if what you think, what you say, and what you do, is it aligned or is it not aligned, right? And, and you know, you get kind of like those, intri- you know, this uh, inklings, I think they're called, uh, from friends or, you know, you get like little people start mentioning things. So you start to feel kind of like, okay, you're kind of keeping yourself stuck. You're not really honest with yourself. But usually it's not just like a woman comes to me and says, you know, I was just sitting and I was just thinking. They usually said, you know, my girlfriend said something or my dad said something or, you know, so usually the environment's also starting to encourage them and say, you know, what's actually, what's going on, right? Mm. How do men procrastinate or possibly think that they're not ready, but it's more fear? Yeah, just, it's a very similar. So with men, a lot of it is, yeah, they'll, instead of going out, their actions aren't meeting that. So if they say they want a woman, instead of going out, they're playing video games or they're working mm. or they're just chilling out when they get home or hanging out with their family or whatever, so, or their kids if they have them, but they're not actively making the time. And or they have high expectations. Have high expectations. And usually they're playing out. There's an old, there's a saying we love to tell them the past does not equal the future. So a lot of our clients also are people when they come to us, they're, they're playing out their past and they're saying, oh, well, I got hurt in this relationship. This, this didn't go well. I got rejected last time I talked mm-hmm. to this person. So they're mm-hmm. playing out all the, the past scenarios and they're thinking, projecting that in the future to say, well, if it happened in the past, it's probably going to happen again. So they're not even taking any action. And so that's holding them back. So I always go back to it with them. I say the, the key to start with, whenever someone comes to us, the first thing we do, they get some very... Uh, it starts the mapping process. Like I said, map, magnetize, magnify, and magnetize. The mapping process is getting super clear on what they want and not not limiting themselves. The reason why I feel also men and women are procrastinating is because they're envisioning in their mind that it has to be a certain way or there's no good men out there or there's no good women. If I find someone, they're probably going to not be, they're probably going to end up mistreating me or they're probably going to cheat on me or they're probably going to do this. So they're playing all these scenarios, but I'm saying like, clear all that away. And if we could wave a magic wand what is it you really want? You know, mm-hmm. what is it you really want deep in your heart, deep in your soul, not what your parents want for you, not what your friends want for you, not what society tells you you should want, but what do you actually want? And let's just play with that. Let's just start from there. And then from that place, what you actually want. Now we can start to see, well, how can we make that happen? And now they start to get excited. And that's the key is you want to get excited by your vision because that's going to help you overcome the procrastination. That's going to help you overcome the fear when you're more excited rather than afraid you're more likely to take action and take the right action as well to meet people in the right way so you can have what you want. So those are some tips to start overcoming that too once you're aware of it and you're procrastinating. Um, And something else I want to touch on that we've spoken about, and I've definitely spoken to men about this and they've told me you can, you know, let me know what you think as well, Brody. But like you're saying that there's a lot of, most of your women clients, they all just want relationships and they're watching the biological clock and all of that sort of stuff. But it can also lead to whether, and I might sound not so nice um, how I say this, but I don't mean it, but I'm pretty straightforward. Um is sometimes they've got this desperate energy around them just in their aura and they just, and men, I believe, can pick up and they're like, I just want a baby, I just want a baby, I just want a baby sort of thing and I just want to get married and they don't realise being in that sort of zone is like pushing men away because they can smell it as soon as they walk in a bar or see you or anything like that. Is that correct? Men can pick that up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're you're too too desperate or needy about it. It's about getting into alignment 
yeah, with what you actually want and coming from a place of love, not from fear, like what Anji said, because there are actually a lot of women who are doing that. They're actually just afraid. They're mostly afraid that they're not going to be able to have a baby, that they're not going to get married. And they're not even focused on what kind of guy. They're more focused on the idea of marriage than the, the guy yeah. himself. Yeah. Guys mm-hmm. can definitely pick up on that. I know when I was dating, mm-hmm. I could pick up when a woman was more in love with the idea of love than actually with the man that she was with, you know, the man she was dating or the idea of marriage or whatever. Mm. So guys can pick that up, I feel for sure. And so the key for women out of that, I feel is to be clear on what exactly you want, not what you don't want. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to, to not have a family. I want and get clear on what you want from a place of love and believe that you can have it and believe that you deserve it. And then start to take the right actions to clear out some of your old patterns that are getting away. And that's why it's so helpful to work with like a dating coach to have somebody mentor you to help you clear out those patterns. So you're not putting out the wrong energy that's repelling them. I absolutely agree. My philosophy in life is if you want to get really good at something, get a coach. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why I got a surf coach and this dating the coach. I love way, it. That's way to learn something. Yeah. Any new, new areas. Yeah. Cause I imagine you're both very loving, but also direct and help. So you can just move through you know, things that people can't see, heal it, and then, like, get the results that we all want. <laughs> Love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, <laughs> and Tia, what um, is your advice to the women when you can tell that they're probably in that sort of zone? Maybe they're not aware of it, but they've got that energy. Like, how do you communicate to them or are they aware of that and how do, they, how do you help them transcend and, and get a bit more balanced and not in that fear state? Yeah. So actually, uh, you know, I really look at it's the part of the mapping stage is identifying the attachment style. And the women and the particular behavioral pattern that you described is really correlated to that anxious attachment style, right? Mm-hmm. So right away, we're looking at, you know, the biggest piece for the anxious is trust, right? They don't trust. So that's why they're overly needy, because they feel it's not going to last. They don't trust that the man's going to you know, respect them. So there's a, there's a lack of self-trust. So the biggest piece for me is actually not like trying to, you know, pretend you're something different than you are, but really like leaning into your attachment style, right? And just really, you know, when I talk about it's like, you know, I just want to let you know, I have an anxious part inside of me. So I teach them to really relate to themselves in a confident way, what their, what their, you know, vulnerabilities are, right? They have that part inside of them that, that is predicting things, that's future anticipating, um, and to communicate that. And another piece I tell them too is always be aware of, you know, just be in the moment, you know, be aware when you're projecting something into the future. So at the end of the day, don't make, make sure you're not like thinking, Oh my God, the next day is going to be great. And I already see ourselves having a second grade date or whatever, but simply just really bring yourself back like a Mustang, like a wild horse, right? <laughs> you, that's how you have to bring them back and be that's the beast. Yeah. Just <laughs> Be like, just enjoy, just kind of dwell how great this date was, right? And if it, even if it was like your last date, because you don't know, you don't know the sky, you don't know if he's, you know, if if he's other interests, if he's available, we have no idea. You don't know all of his archetypes. So um, that really seems to help because the women are mostly struggling with thinking, you know, all the magazines, Cosmopolitan, you know, they all say, you know, act aloof and like just be, you know, untouchable and, and all of that. But it doesn't work because men can actually, a man told me one time, like I can tell when somebody's a real bitch <laughs> and when somebody's actually an anxious and is like masking, like 
to be a bitch, wanting to be a bitch, right? So men can really pick up on those mixed signals. So the first step is to send congruent signals, even though that mind might be more vulnerable. But I tell them, look, you're going to lose them anyways, right? So if you're afraid to lose them because of being vulnerable, you're going to lose them if you send mixed signals. Mm. That seems to be like um, quite makes quite a difference for them. And I imagine it could lead into a problem if you're not true to yourself and being authentic then you've got to, and say they fall in love with this person you create, then you've got to, like, keep up the act. How long do you keep mm-hmm. up the act? That's mm-hmm. going to be very stressful to have yeah. to keep up for a long time, for a whole marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now you need to be a bitch every single time and now you need to be out <laughs> of every single time, even though you want to cuddle or you want to tell him I love you. You can't do that because he'll be like, who are you, you know? Yeah. And, and he'll, like, lose trust, right? And be like, I'm confused who I'm dating. Yeah. So you guys have talked about interdependence when it comes to relationships. So what do you mean about that? Let's have a chat. Yeah. So there's three, of course, the three, there's codependence, uh, independence, and then in the middle is interdependence. And basically the way I look at it, the good analogy is codependence is like when there's two people leaning against each other and they're grabbing on really tightly and wanting to get each other's needs met, wanting to get all their needs met from the other person. Now, interdependence is where you're basically separated from the other person, just doing your own thing, and you don't need them for anything, and you hardly even notice them or talk to them. And then interdependence is when you're both standing next to each other, holding hands. So you're not leaning on each other, and you're not totally away from each other, but you're next to each other, but holding hands. And you're, that's, that's the healthiest place to be in a relationship where you're exchanging needs with each other, you're meeting each other's needs in a healthy way. But you're also doing separate things. You're also having your own life, your own interests. You're getting your needs met by yourself as well. So you're able to do both. You're able to be in partnership and be by yourself. And you don't freak out. You're not grabbing onto them too tightly and saying, give me love. Give me love. Give me approval. I, I Give me validation. I need you. I need you. And you're not pushing them away and say, no, no, don't get too close. You know, I need some, I need my space. I need my freedom. Like, let's, let's hang out later. Or they're not responding to you or ignoring you. So instead, you're in like the middle of that where you're able to hang out and do amazing things together and you're able to do things on your own and you don't freak out when they're not with you. So that's the really the goal for a healthy, long-term, lasting relationship we found. Yeah, I agree. Brody, you've said that some men feel inadequate because women these days and the modern woman is quite self-sufficient. Why are men feeling this way? Uh, a big reason is because of masculine feminine polarity. So we talk a lot about masculine feminine, feminine polarity in our in our coaching and trainings that we do. But basically, masculine feminine polarity is the only thing that causes attraction and chemistry and passion. And what that means is there's a difference in energy. It's just energy. So feminine energy is more of the flowing, receptive, creative, dancing energy. And masculine energy is more of the focused, directed, leader, get it done kind of energy. And these different energies cause this dynamic of passion and chemistry and that it will attract. They say that old saying, right? Opposites attract. So that's why in that sense, those opposite energies attract like madness put together. So the reason why men feel inadequate is in a changing society where women are becoming more masculine, they're taking on more traditionally masculine roles. And they're being more directed and focused and getting things done and making lots of money and succeeding in their career. It puts them into that masculine energy. And that's fine. It's fine for women to succeed in their career. But if they bring that into the bedroom, you might say, or into the home or into the dating scene, they're bringing that masculine energy, get it done. Then men are feeling inadequate because men now, there's not, they're, not, they're not getting that reciprocal energy. Now it feels like two men hanging out. 
And mm. a man doesn't feel like he has anything to bring to the table. It's like, well, you already seem really strong. You've got everything put together. You're an independent woman. Why do you need me? What do I have to offer you? And that's huge for men because men's self-esteem and value is based in huge amounts on how they feel they can make the women around them happy and make women desire them and feel valuable to them. So if a man doesn't feel he can make you happy, if he doesn't feel like he has something to add to your life, he will feel inadequate and the attraction will also start to go away and he'll look elsewhere for that romance. Okay. Uh, And Tia, what are women generally feeling right now when it comes to dating, do you find? Oh, so most women that come to me are really complaining about emotionally unavailable men. Uh, Men were, you know, excited in the beginning and then just drop off the earth where the words, uh, where, the, where the action doesn't follow the word. And also, uh, the, on, on the other hand, um, the other complaint I'm getting that they just don't feel supported. They feel like they need to initiate it all the time and come up with the ideas and come up with the plans and say, you know, so they might say, hey, let's go to this workshop, but, and the man's going to say yes, but it's more like the better male, right? And, th- and they're not really having that experience attracting an alpha male and of course from my perspective it's of course a super successful single women who have that experience where i can tell they want to lead the conversation even when i coach them right so <laughs> um there's such a such a like they're taking so much initiative and i really taking so much charge that i don't allow a man to lead so i'm really adding on to what brody said about polarity right the growth is breaking down you know the women are pushed more to the masculine the men are going more to the feminine because they feel emasculated by those feminine women by those masculine women right and feel like there's literally i had one man tell me i he felt like he he felt like he has no space next to her he had like no role to fulfill next to her because she was great at everything she didn't need anyone and um that's the basic and, and ironically those women are an anxious attachment style. So again, on the inside, they're actually very vulnerable and they're very insecure, right? It's the intrinsic confidence, but the extrinsic confidence, right? The coping mechanism that's there. And they are the CEO and there are, you know, one of the Fortune 500 companies and all of that stuff, right? And that's like the biggest conflict that they're experiencing on a regular basis is being vulnerable without the fear of looking weak and truly trusting themselves. So they have really developed the intrinsic confidence and allowing themselves to return back into their feminine essence that they actually so desperately want to return to. They tell me all the time, I want to be seen and I want to feel cherished. That's the feminine talking. Those are feminine. Oh, wow. Okay. And it sounds like you can probably only really achieve that with your help, really, because you've that's there's a lot of layers there, like um, me and my coach call it onions. You know, you're peeling away the layer and the layer and you're learning mm. and you resolve triggers and things like that and they come up again a different way and that's how you learn to balance the feminine and masculine energy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And another one is in our magnify stage because we have we had like the map and the magnify. Um, and that's only where I also look at Okay, uh, when you sold out on your true essence because you didn't get what you wanted as a little girl, like which emotion did you start suppressing, right? And oftentimes it's either sadness or it's anger, right? So I'm also making sure they're being now fully magnified um, just as much as all the other emotions so men can actually see her and feel her. 
So when you say magnify those emotions, do you mean like she needs to get sad when she feels sad and get angry when she feels angry in front of yeah. him and things like that? Yeah, without like logifying it, right? Like so many people are just like, oh, I'm just going to journal about it. And, you know, I'm like, since when can you, you have the, the I always say the wounding happens on a visceral level that we store in our body. So since when can we just like logify that away? Mm. It has to be healed on the same level, which is the visceral level, right? It has to be felt. Yeah. And I'm going to end it with this last part because it was beautiful when we um, had a conversation last week. And then tell you with your story and I think hope for everyone of the balance of getting yourself ready and healing, but also you mentioned to me that it's a very important part is also when you're ready is to integrate what you've learned into your new relationship and that's why it's important to like jump and take the faith because then also, you know, you're not perfect like you say and I want you to share a little bit about that that we spoke about if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Yeah, so it's not so much about uh, the emotion that you feel in that moment, but it's more about the meta emotion, meaning what emotion is behind it. So if you feel scared, but you take still the step confidently, right? So you mm -hmm. feel confidently scared, <laughs> say, right? Like it starts to show up and you create momentum for yourself, right? Because it really shows like you have self-trust and you attract the man who also says, hey, you know, because oftentimes women don't take action because they feel like, I've never experienced this before, right? And I would say, well, you know, when you meet your man, you also have never experienced that before. And when you will have get pregnant, you also have never experienced that before. So it's really about like overcoming this this fear of of the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that just because you haven't experienced something before does not mean that it's dangerous or you shouldn't do it. But oftentimes that, that actually means, you know, look on the other side of the rainbow because you will also have a man you've never had in your life. And I think what you're referring to is also being aware that then in the manifestation stage that there are sometimes sabotaging patterns that can come up when yes. your system feels like not good enough to receive this on a regular basis or there must be something wrong with this guy or actually I just got annoyed at Brody. I didn't know why because my system couldn't find anything wrong with him. So just got annoyed, <laughs> you know, I just had to come up with something. And my friends were always like, why are you annoyed? I was like, I don't know, just don't even talk to me, you know? Like, He's I too perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what's uh, creating, creating an artificial crisis in my system, right? Because it just couldn't stand that goodness. So that yeah. is then really important to break through the self-sabotaging patterns. Yeah. And I think we can finish it maybe. I don't know if you've got a little piece of advice for males and a little piece of advice for women just about this topic that we can leave with them or maybe something that they should think about or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah so i would say for men yeah really it's about reconnecting with that, that strong part inside of you i call it the king reconnecting with the king inside of you but also the wild part of you the wild man so we work with the six archetypes with our clients but the king and the wild man is super powerful for men to be in touch with because that king is all about the vision what is your vision for the future what is the life you're creating for yourself? What is your ideal woman? What is your ideal relationship? And, and to start pl planning for that and to get a coach, to get some new strategies on your side, to get help with that, to make that a reality because no man is an island and you can't do this alone. It takes, it takes a lot. It takes a village you know, to really build up the, the huge success that you want to have. To create a skyscraper, it takes many different people. One man can't build a skyscraper by himself. So get some help on your side and then use the wild man, that energy inside of you that's like, yes, oh, go for it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. 
and just like, boom, bust through those fears, bust through those old procrastination habits and start taking action. Get into massive action because when you take action, you always win. You either win because you get the result that you wanted or you win because you learn and that learning is equally valuable. So that's what I'd say to men is get in the king, get in your wild man, plan out your vision and take action now to make, start making it happen for yourself. That's great. I love it. Well, for the women, I think a big piece is allowing them to come back to their inner girl and be silly, be goofy, do something that like you feel like is embarrassing, um, but you always wanted to do. So I don't know, maybe swinging on a playground, uh, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel really connected with that super, because she's actually really magnetic. And Brody always says, you know, um, men are mostly attracted to a woman when she's in her inner girl. So that's like number one. And then really also stepping into her wild woman and really letting out her rage and her anger that so many women have and, and just really finding a space to just go for it and not like laugh it over or, you know, just, you know, and just kind of like apologize for it, but to just fully express this. Like I always call it like imagine you're a lioness, right? And you're just really roaring. That's also really important for women. That's great. I love it. So everyone, you all need to get in touch with your wild side today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally. Get out of your comfort zone and take mm-hmm. take things to the next level. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. I'm sure that many listeners out there, you've really helped. And I will have your website details in the show notes as well so people can reach out to you. Yeah. Sounds good, Sarah. It's great talking. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing everyone and talking more and helping you take your life to the next level. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, findtheoneelite.com. Yeah, you'll have the link. Yes, I'll put the, put it in there so it's easy for them to find. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.